Welcome to the Optimist Futures Podcast, a place to learn from an industry insider with over 20 years of experience in commodity futures and options. Gain insight to the newest technology, platforms, risk management, trading philosophy, and advice about the current state of the futures and options markets. For futures trading platforms, deep discounts trading commissions, overnight margins, and instructional videos, feel free to visit our website at optimistfutures.com. Please remember that this matter should be viewed as a solicitation to trade. Trading futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should therefore carefully consider whether such trading is suitable for you in light of your financial condition. Optimist Futures LLC is not affiliated with, nor does it endorse any trading system, methodologies, newsletter, or similar service. We urge you to conduct your own due diligence. Now, here's your host, founder and CEO of Optimus Futures, Matt Zimberg. Hey guys, it's uh, Matt Z from uh, the Optimus Futures show. Today we have uh, coffee with traders. So we have Moritz over here and we have Rolf. They came to us uh, from Frankfurt, Germany. If you recall, we actually made an interview with uh, Moritz uh, I think it was a month ago or so when you were still and where you did it live from uh, Frankfurt, but they're in the office now. It's awesome. They created this product, which I think is the best analytical tool in the market for traders. I know that best is subjective, but I think from everything that I've seen, I have to just for legal disclaimers, it's my opinion. I think it's the best from what I've seen and um, in the software, and I've been in the industry for 20 years. It's a great analytical tool. It allows you to input um, the numbers in uh, a form of a spreadsheet, right? It's a, yeah, it's, right? it's similar to a, it does look or work like a spreadsheet, but it's uh, on software. It's much sexier. Right, exactly. Thank you. Uh, that's why I always love hanging out with younger people. They always <laughs> describe things better. But what it does, um, it basically gives you an objective view of what you're doing as a trader. It has ratios, it has graphs, it has times that you trade, and it really measures everything you do in an objective manner, things that you cannot understand intuitively. We always, traders think that they can trade, not put it in a journal or any analytical tool, and they think they become smarter out of it, but the reality is it's all numbers, it's data, and you have to put it in, so it's edge wonk. I'm gonna have a link to uh, the product uh, they are in the video and underneath. And today's questions are really oriented, not so much around the software itself, but basically, you know, the things that are related to trading and their opinion and how they basically, their opinion. What I'm really trying to say is that there's the software, but then there's the method and how they build the software. So I want to talk about things that are outside of it, like what is consistency, what is a system, what is a method, and all the things that around it. Okay, so let's start. The first question that probably everybody wants to know, okay, so we'll take turn, and Moritz will be first, and well, second, okay? So what is your opinion is, how do you actually get to consistency? All right, though that's a huge question, obviously. Um, it's a hard question. I know it's hard, <laughs> and, and it's individual too, so I get yeah. it. The, the short answer is process, 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 and the long answer is it's like trading doesn't go like this. It always goes like this, right? Like a 
when you're climbing a mountain you have to retract a little bit maybe that's not the wrong way or the, the path is blocked then you move back you try to find another route like this so basically if, if you are starting out as a trader and you want to have the fastest possible way to consistency then in my opinion firstly you need to have of course a trading system and that could be as simple as uh, for example just an example break of the one hour moving average 50 moving average with a rejection of support resistance on the daily chart and then I try to get in. That could be your whole trading system, right? And then you have to see if that has an edge. You have to follow it for like 20, 30 trades and see how price behaves around your entries and then you can go from there and you input all that data into Edgefunk obviously <laughs> right. to get the, uh, the numbers on how your trading idea performs and you can quickly find out what works and what doesn't but you have to follow a simple system first and get a data because without the data that is insights uh, of a trading system uh, you will never know what works and what doesn't that's the fastest way to consistency it's still gonna take you years but it's not gonna take you decades if you follow it this way right okay yeah one thing that I always like to say in this context is that people always say, okay, how can I get consistent results? But I, I, I always say that you need to start with consistent actions because the problem right. of, of most traders is that they just jump around and then when they look at their trading data, they see a mess and they will only see maybe the results are not what they expected. So you need to really step back and have consistency in your approach. Even if in the beginning the results may not be perfect, but at least you can make sense of your data. And then you can find patterns probably in your trading. What are the things that I repeatedly do wrong? What are not so good? What are my strengths? And then you can improve the things that don't work so well. You can leverage the things that you are doing well. And then over time you can get to consistency. It's a step-by-step -step process. Uh, that's what I think. So consistency results start with consistency of the process always first. Right. I agree. So people, they need to have something habitual that they keep on doing and doing and yes. doing and it's boring and you keep on doing and doing and doing. Understood. Great. So now the second question is, obviously, people need structure, right? So in your opinion, what is the challenge for people in people's nature to get structure, right? And how do they overcome it? So, you know, how do you structure your trading? Because a lot of people, I did a video about that actually the other day, where people say, you know, I wish I love trading because I could leave my job, I could have free time, nobody tells me what to do. But then I tell them, but you're going into an environment that requires more structure than what you had before and now you have skin in the game on top of it and nobody writes you a check so you might hate your boss and you earned all this freedom but the boss that you hate writes you a check at the end of the day so how in your opinion people get structure you know in their trading you want to go first sir? yeah i can i think there are two components to this question first is that um, expectancy is behind all of the, the actions that people have as you said Maybe they have a little bit expectations that are too un unrealistic maybe. And then obviously what happens is those unrealistic expectations, first of all, they drive their trading behavior. They engage in trading behavior that 
is not optimal for their development. They just skip steps, they look for shortcuts. And then at the end of the day, once they realize that their expectations um, are not met, then um, it, it's frustrating as well. So I think that's one part of the, of the, of the equation. And the second part is um, what people overlook is that trading at the end of the day, it is just like having a job. It's, uh, it's like being self-employed where you run your own business. But at the end of the day, no one really cares about what you're doing all day. And what I see many people do in a trading business or generally when they're self-employed is that they get very, very sloppy. When nobody else is telling you what to do, it may sound like the freedom, but at the end of the day, no one tells you what to do. So you have to figure it out by yourself. So you will do things that don't contribute to your success. You will do things that harm your success until you find out what you really need to do. And it's a process. And again, you need to be um, habitual with it. You need to track what is working, what isn't, and then step by step increase the, or come closer to what is the optimal environment. So, yeah, self-employed being a trader sounds great. It is great if you get to the point where it's actually where you reap the rewards. But to get there is uh, tough, uh, and being and completely relying on yourself is often it can be very scary as well. When there's no paycheck coming at the end of the month, and then you need to put food on the table for your family, that's then a whole different, uh, whole different game. Right. So you have to prepare yourself way ahead of time, you know, that, that you will have to sit there eight hours a day, yeah. structure it, right. You need to be serious about it and treat it as a business, as a job. Correct, yeah. correct. Yeah. I, think, I think people have these romantic um, imaginations. I like that word. You're <laughs> yeah. very good with words, Mark. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Trying my best. <laughs> the, with with uh, trading, so when they quit their job, they think like um, they're getting up in the morning, they jump into the pool or they go surfing and then they check the charts and then the next thing they do is they make a million bucks and then they go for a great dinner and that's their whole life. That's how they see themselves. That's their picture of themselves when they quit their job. But actually, you can have that lifestyle if you follow the process and that needs a lot of discipline and I had a lot of problems with that myself in the beginning. Please share with us. Yeah, because I, I uh, when I was... Uh, professional poker player I the self-image of my that I had was that I was a grinder I was sitting at the tables eight hours a day and I felt great about it and when I went into trading I thought so okay now I don't have to look at the charts so much anymore and it's I will just make money automatically it's gonna be super easy obviously it was the complete opposite it was really hard and that's when reality kicked in and I saw that Actually, discipline is freedom in trading. And that's, for me, the important part because when you follow a process, you check your charts during certain times of the day and uh, you, you do your journaling routine uh, every day at the same time and so on. That is like having a boss. And the market is also your boss because London Open is London Open. I have to be on the charts, that's it. There's no discussion, right? Yeah. But if I learn to follow this process and this routine, then I suddenly have a lot of free time on my hands as well. So discipline is freedom in trading. So when you played poker, just out of curiosity, you played physical or you played on, on the screen? Most like 95% was online. 
of my life. I see. I see. So you you're already used to not interacting with people yeah. and just <laughs> doing everything. <laughs> Because a lot of the times, you know, people want to come from a social environment, yeah, thing, right? Yeah. They come from people, they're talking to them and everything, and one day they just have to do this yeah. all day. And, you know, that's exactly when they break the structure. They get bored. Yeah. They're like, okay, I'll trade, you know. I understand. That's a good point. So I always tell people about structure. You know, I was like, if people tell me about, you know, the freedom that they want to get in becoming a trader, one thing that I tell them, do me a favor, get up and look in your room. Just do a, you know, a 360. Tell me how organized your room is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And many times I say, well, it's not so. It's like, okay, so structure starts way before we even approach yeah. trading, right? Another thing, do you go to the gym? Is there anything, is there anything in your work that requires structure, right? So you can copy from one model to the next, right? Because people think, oh, I'm going to walk into it. No, it starts way, way before, you know? Yeah. So I think the best traders that I've met, you know, were people that had structure before. Yep. They didn't have the idea of, oh, it's freedom, right? <laughs> Actually, they were more hesitant yeah. than anything else, right? Like so, engineers or army pilots, they usually make great traders. And that's, there's a reason for that. <laughs> you know, I once spoke to a broker that raises um, managed futures money. And he told me one thing, I'd rather have the, the managed futures is where a professional trades it for others, right? So when he looks for good money managers, he says, I would always rather have a guy from the military than a quant. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because yeah. you because it's just discipline is in their blood. Yeah. So, okay, so we covered that. Let's talk about screen time a little bit, okay? Um, this is my question. I'm not talking about paper trading nonsense that people spend and, you know, draw imaginary lines, but... Let's talk about screen time when people actually, now they trade, now they have skin in the game. You know, so first of all, how important do you think screen time is, right? For traders, how long do you think screen time should be there? And during the process of screen time, and again, I know it's your opinion and it, and it will vary. What stages did you go through as traders? Like the first time you went to trading, you know, what did actual... Uh, real screen time revealed to you about the markets and more important about yourself as traders, as people, right? Yeah. Talking about your risk tolerance, fears, you know, anxieties, you know. Yeah, screen time, it is important, especially in the beginning, but studying is more important. Like, I would say if you are just starting out, a screen time to study time or uh, like tr active trading to study time, maybe like 20% screen time, 80% study time. Wow, okay. Sure. So you trade live 20% of your time and you yeah. study what you did 80% of the time. Yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. All right. And, and I've kept that ratio um, throughout my whole career. You know what? I've been trading for a long time. You know, I never <laughs> heard anybody phrase it like that. It's really good. Like, you know? So more analysis than action, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. That's, that's my, my whole job as a trader is uh, preparing for uh, probable outcomes. A lot of the work I do never bears fruit because I, I do my analysis, I look at my charts and that's the trade I want to take and if that and that and that is true, I will take it and then some of the conditions are not met, I just don't take the trade. And so the, a lot of the preparation work I done never bears any fruit but obviously that's just because my process is uh, in structured in that way that I will miss a lot of trades but the trades I take they are the absolutely perfect ones. Yeah. 
I think it comes to you as a second nature because you played poker before yeah. and you understand the concept of variance. Yeah. That you can have 30 bad hands and still come out ahead, right? Exactly. And, exactly. and traders, they judge themselves. Unfor and I say it unfortunately because they don't know and it's, they do it because it's instinctively to, to judge their ability based on every single yeah. trade. And I tell them, listen, you can have a great trade, you know, doing all the wrong things. Or lose money and you did all the right things. So you can't measure it on a per trade basis, right? One thing in this context, what I try to always tell people is that you say you want to trade for a living, you want to make this your career, you want to make this maybe the next 10, 20, 30 years. Just think about how many hundreds or thousands of trades you're going to take. Then you, then that some people that have put this one trade into perspective where you're not freaked out of one loss and then it's out of control and suddenly something really bad happens. So you really need to think in the big numbers and the variance. But when it comes to screen time, uh, what I think is the practice is good, but only like the quote goes, only perfect practice makes perfect. Yeah. Right. So it's just like um, when you look at sports, for example, whatever, football or soccer, the teams, they have their playing time, which is the trading time, but then they go to back to the pitch, they train, they review, they analyze. And that's really when you find your edge, when you become better. And then you're ready to play again. You're ready for your trading. And this, it comes down to the trading style, obviously. If you're a day trader, you have more chunks where you are actively in front of the screen. But there will be huge blocks where there's just nothing to do. You have done your trading work, you've put in your orders, you've uh, researched your patterns, yeah. your trading plans are done. And then you need to go back to the journal or whatever you do, your back testing. And that is not, uh, that is, not screen time, that is the practice time. Yeah. And that's when you get better, I think. That's the that's the job of a trader, and that's where you sharpen your edge, that's where you find out what works well, what doesn't work well, you find new patterns maybe. You one thing is that um, you can ask you should always ask yourself as a trader, do you remember your last ten trades? And it's I think That's an amazing point. It's so yeah. true. I'll elaborate in yeah. a minute. It's such <laughs> a good point. And even you can absolutely you can bring it down to Maybe you remember your last trade, but the last five trades, it's always it's already difficult. And if you don't remember your last five trades, then you have no way of actually knowing what is happening. Uh, what what are you doing actually? You forget instantly uh, the mistakes that you did and patterns that keep repeating in your trading. And that is such an easy easy thing to improve. Um, you don't necessarily need like a sophisticated journaling routine. Just start with collecting screenshots of your trades and you can go through them in a minute at, at the end of each week. But you already have a much, much better idea of actually what you're doing as a trader. And one thing is um, traders, when they don't see the results, it's not like they do everything completely wrong, but there are usually certain themes that they keep repeating, there's two or three mistakes. And if you see really that, okay, I always keep doing those two things, and if I would have changed those things, then my trading performance will be maybe much, much better already. And this is such an easy thing to do. It doesn't take a lot of work, but it can be a huge uh, shift for your perspective. Yeah. So, so two things. One, first of all, all the mistakes, that's why you guys should use Edgelong, because you can see the patterns of your mistakes and not just guess it based on intuition. Yeah. But what you said is such a key point because, you know, in my experience, and you know, look, I'll be very honest, being a futures broker is hard, right? Because it's a struggle for customers. We know that. It's, 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 it's very hard to create consistency. But one thing I tell customers, and this is, you touched on it, 
you know that they change methods all the time, right? And they don't bring the mistakes that they've done and don't think about the mistakes that they've done to the new system, right? So their biggest asset, their biggest learning asset, which was the mistakes that they've done, they don't carry it forward. Yeah. And every few years they might, and I tell, and, and sometimes they don't even necessarily change methods. Sometimes they change an asset class. They'll go from stocks to futures to forex to options, but they make the same mistakes everywhere. They didn't make it a conscious effort, yeah. you know, to learn from their mistakes. So I agree with real screen time, you know, count your mistakes. It's your biggest asset, right? That's great point. Yeah. And I just, uh, I read the book from, there was a, the Navy SEAL guy, David Goggins, um, very interesting when it comes to discipline. <clears throat> and he said, <coughs> sorry, he said too that um, people always say you just leverage on your strengths and then the weaknesses are not that big of a deal. But what happens is that you cannot tiptoe around in life to just avoid the weaknesses. You just have to fake the, uh, face the weaknesses and then you can improve them and then everything will become much easier. So you don't Great. need to see, okay, uh, if I would have used this moving average last trade, then I could have made more money, I should have done this, and then you change it going forward. That's when you come into this loop of system hopping. But you just see, okay, this didn't work. Why didn't it work? Um, and then you try to find ways how to improve it. And also one thing is that it's usually not the, not the tools that you use. It, the trader is usually always the weakest link in all of this um, <laughs> yes. trading business. Yeah, that's, that's why, why I think that for me the analogy really works that trading is a performance sport. That's just well, if you look at Floyd Mayweather, like some people say, oh, his hourly uh, rate was ridiculous because he made like 20 million dollars per hour. If you look at all his fights, but obviously his fights were just like maybe 2% of all the work he ever put into it, right? Right. And that's, that's how you should, point. that's how you should see trading as well. That's that's a good point. It's like an iceberg, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like the asset is really underneath. It's yeah. not what you see. Yes. That's a good point. So okay, let's let's talk about uh, you know we covered this. Okay, so let's talk about discipline, right? So traders, I always say, human DNA is not built for trading, right? In like our intuition is not built for. And the reason for it, this is just my opinion, is that now we're trying to figure out, you know, how a whole group of people behave. So no, as opposed to like sitting in poker and you try to read six people or five people, yeah. now you're reading thousands and thousands of people, right? And it's really, really hard to guess. So the discipline part, have, you know, it just all of a sudden there's a sub subconscious, you know, it's like people discipline, 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 discipline. Yeah. And they're like, oh, forget it. You know, and they just, just, they said, okay, I'm going to lose $500 a day. That's all I'm going to do was 500, 500, 500. And then they lose it and then they just go nuts. So I'm always interested in knowing and other people's input. Now I have my own opinions, of course, you know, and I always say, listen, you just have to do it. But how, in your opinion, people should develop discipline? You know, what, and let me rephrase the question. What do they actually miss, in your opinion, about discipline? Right? What is that in the element of discipline that you think they miss and they don't think about? Like, how do you think majority of people that you know you inspired as a trader um, or discussed with them, what was their idea of discipline? What 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 should it be? In your opinion, of course. I think like for me the biggest challenge, and I think for a lot of other people, the challenge with de developing discipline was fear and anxiety. 
because if you develop discipline and you develop a process and you do everything exactly as you should and you still lose money then the shit really hits the fan because that's what people are afraid of i gave it everything i gave it my best and i'm still losing money and that's what they are really scared of and that's why they don't even do anything uh, in the beginning to start with because that's much easier to say like yeah okay i'm still losing money but uh, actually last week when i was trading i was a little bit drunk and i didn't do my my post process and so on so they can always find a reason <laughs> right for losing money right but if they give it everything and they're still losing money that's really scary and that's why i think people have a really hard time developing discipline in the first place i see i see yeah i think it's a an interesting point because discipline is like this catchphrase but i think I there's always because there's so many so much underneath this um you need to ask yourself okay why it's not you suddenly wake up at the same time every day you make your your bed every time the same way you go and sit in front of the computer the same day at uh, the same time that's not going to make you a better trader it's always something underneath and you really need to find out and i think that's when really of course you need to have structure that's that's the given but that's not going to make you necessarily the best trader um you need to really find out what what is it that you're not uh not good at for example people have the, the problem of missing trades then they say oh i should be more disciplined then uh, i will make my trading plans and i will miss fewer trades but what i've seen is that missing trades for and that's just an example there could be many other ways how people not have the results that they want is that missing trades there are two reasons usually first of all they are their fear fear is a big driver and even under below, below fear why are they fear why why do yeah, why are they fear um they're feared of losing obviously they are scared that they don't know their system at all they don't have a process so they don't actually know what they're doing so even though you might have a discipline you might have discipline your system is not really mapped out and certainty clarity helps helps overcome fear and people say okay i want to trade without fear how do i do this i just want to be i want to trade without emotions that's uh i've been talking a lot about this lately trading without emotions i think it that's a it's a wrong approach because you can use your emotions to your advantage at the same time ask yourself why are you fearful and then find out why it is maybe you don't have a good process but maybe it's also because you don't know your system or you have wrong expectations that you're not meeting your expectations and then you can attack the problem at the root really and you can do that with, with everything really um if you're scared to pull the trigger for example that's another thing discipline will maybe help you identify more trades and it will help you journal your trades but you really need to get to the root uh, why am i scared to pull the trigger am i scared of losing money and then ask yourself why am i scared of losing money maybe wrong right. expectations or whatever maybe you're in a losing streak um and then you need to get to the root so there's always underneath something discipline is important but if you go you always need to ask yourself uh, why is this happening and why is this happening mm-hmm. right so what i'm understanding you know about discipline from you know is that discipline has to be developed over time and it's really a conscious effort to understand the subconscious of what really drives your actions yeah. because lack of discipline you know people think that lack of discipline is always, is always loss of funds but it's not always that lack of discipline is sometimes when your method tells you to get in and you don't get in yeah. 
right? So sometimes, you know, I, I, I had a conversation a long time ago with an, I remember an accountant, a customer, and he had an issue, you know, he was like, everything lines up and I can't get in. And I said to him, listen, maybe because of your profession, you know, because, you know, profession of accounting, it's, you know, debit, credit, everything always aligns. In trading, you know, it doesn't, there's no guarantees. It doesn't always align. Right. And he started thinking about that. And then I started realizing that, you know, people are really not thinking consciously yeah. about their weaknesses, yeah. yes. like where it's coming from. You know, yes. why am I doing this? So it's always a conscious effort to not only read yourself technically, but also understanding yourself on a psychological level. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you guys have those are excellent points. By okay. the way, in this context, I talked to a trader a while back and he he has a job and he traded at the site and then he had, he had amazing trading results then he quit his job and his results completely went 180 degrees and then i talked to him a little bit and then he said that maybe um his idea was that okay suddenly there's all this pressure from being only trading and at the same time he was missing the social component that you said and then i said okay why not take a half-time job and trade half-time and ever since then it has completely changed he's more happier his trading is better And so you need to ask yourself, okay, what is actually, because it's not like a cookie cutter um, advice that you can follow, because humans are all are different, you're driven by different emotions, goals, whatever you like, and then once you find it out, and once you actually ask, you become conscious, uh, then you can make better decisions. Right. I actually recommend to most people not to become full-time traders. Mm -hmm. I tell them, if you have a job and you have security, you don't have this fear from the market. Yeah. You'll have bad days, you'll have good days, yeah. but if you, essentially anything you trade on leverage, like futures or forex, you know, it, it has to be risk capital. Now, clearly, if you're a professional and become better and better, you can put more money into it. But I always tell them, if you have a job and you're making good money and you can have a schedule where you trade in the morning, like seven to nine, the E-mini S&P, or you can trade at night, the liquidity in the Asian, you know, the currencies, or the mini Nikkei in Osaka, right? You can do that. So I always tell them it will have a major impact, you know, on its lack of fear, you know, it's analytical. And I really think that the spirit, you know, if you approach things depressed, like if you lose money, money, and you're depressed, it's very, very hard to snap out of it yeah. and think straight. Right. But when you have a job and things don't work out and you still have income coming in, you know what? You can potentially, potentially recover from that. You know, I, I shouldn't call it depression because, you know, it's not clinical depression, but it's just sadness that you lose money, that you can put yourself faster back on the trail because saying, you listen, I still have income. It's still coming in. Right. That makes it a little bit better. Right. The spirit, the human spirit, is, it feels better. Right. And then yeah. some people... You can, some people do like their jobs, or if you don't like your job, you can replace it with something that you like, and then trading supplements your income, and then overall you feel much, much better because trading has this amazing role in your life where suddenly you see the actual why are you doing this, so you can, maybe you have a job you don't like, many people don't have that, uh, unfortunately, but many people have passions that um, they don't want to get into because they think it doesn't pay the bills, but if you combine it, you have trading on the one side where you can trade Uh, and make good results and you can have something else that you're doing part-time not you don't need to earn a lot of money but it all supplements each other each other you will feel much better as a person yourself and this will feed back in your trading and how you approach your passion and that's i think a very very cool um 
approach, approach to life. Right. Yeah. yeah, if your whole self-worth is derived from your trading results, you're in a really tough spot. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially in trading where you don't, even you might put in all your best and you will do whatever it takes, you'll put in so much work and then still you, you cannot control the outcome. So this is also one thing that's very, very tough on the people where you use, okay, you do your job, you get money at the end of the month. Or you don't do it, you still get paid. Yeah, and if you do a good job, maybe you get promoted one day. But in trading, there's no guarantee. You might put in so much work, you might be the best disciplined trader, but still maybe the market just has a time where it doesn't agree with your system. The key is to approach it as a business. What people get, they get obsessed with the markets. You know, it's like it's like some sort of an obsession of I want to be, you know, instead of saying, look, it's a business, I have to investigate it, I have to investigate how the good traders trade, what they have done, did I read enough books by people who had skin in the game to understand the psychology of trading and everything else, not just jump into the pool and just like, and, and I think this is where the disappointment comes, right? Yeah. They just, they go from one to ten. You know, instead of the steps. Yeah, expectations, as I said, yeah. That's a big thing. Okay, so let's go to um, some other questions that I wrote down here. Okay, um, let's talk. Okay, I'll ask this after. Let's talk about this. Okay, let's let's make a definition of a method. What components does a method have? From your perspective, what should it have? You know, entry, exit, risk management, you know, what else? You know, like... What else? Yeah, so if you... Maybe nothing else, right? Maybe that's just it should be kept simple. You can, like, basically... So I trade five strategies right now, and every okay. strategy I can put on half a page of paper like this. Like the... the that's a good point. Entry and exit criteria, that's it. They don't told me a, a trader can define a strategy in one sentence. Sometimes. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's just my entry, exit, and uh, trade management, right? And also my risk management. And then, of course, the whole process comes after that. When do I scan for trades? Which markets do I scan for trades? Um, how do I do my post and pre-analysis and so on? And that's the much bigger part. So that should all be in your plan as a trader. Also, what do you want to achieve with your trading? What's your why, for example? Where do you want to be in five years? Those are all important things to have uh, basically put down on paper so it's out of the back of your head and you know what you are doing because when you are trading, you need 100% mental clarity. You need to know what you are doing, why you are doing it, and when you are doing it. But as far as simple trading setups, that's one page for me. <laughs> I see. And what, I, first of all, I have to ask, why do you have five systems? Um, well, let's uh, put it this way. I started with one setup. And um, so basically, in these five systems I trade, they all revolve around one um, single strategy. So I started trading this strategy and I tried to get in with a better risk reward ratio, with a better win rate. So I started going down lower in time frames and then I discovered one setup around my core setup that I could trade. So I was basically going short and then during the day I was scalping around my core position. That's the second setup. And then the third setup was just like, I discovered that a lot of my setups, I got in a little bit late. So I wanted to get in earlier, but again with a plan and with certain conditions. So basically what I do is I try to capture the whole move and I try to get in with as many positions as I can, as long as the trend is going. And that's what my uh, strategies revolve around. 
Let's see. Let's see. Right. So, uh, again, you know, yeah. so in your opinion, a method. The, the most important thing I think in this uh, question is that the problem traders have is that they define a, a system with an entry signal and then that's it. So people say, okay, I'm using a moving to average crossover, whatever, and it doesn't work. But that is, that's a very, very um, narrow-minded view on a system because, yeah, exits are important, but if you look at your trade, the people don't spend enough time looking beyond the exit. If all of their attention is spent on how to get the better exit uh, entry. But if you look, for example, okay, the outcome of a trade is defined by the exit, not by the entry necessarily. So you need to pay also attention to how do you exit your trades. And then it comes down to, okay, an exit can be a negative or positive. So how do you cut your losses in an optimal way? How do you let your winners ride? So look beyond the entry and also try to build a, whole, a holistic system. How do you place stops? How do you place targets? How do, ma how do you manage your trades? Um, and that's all already something that you can start out with um, to create a more um, solid approach. But don't don't just stop at looking at entry methods. That's I think where people get it wrong, and then they get right. into a system of a loop. Good. Yeah. Then I'm gonna now we're gonna go to the second question. So now people you know didn't really define um, could potentially define their method the wrong way, which yeah. is based on entry. And then they start the system hopping yeah. process, yes. going from this to this to this to that, right? When in fact they're applying the same mistake in every single method, right? That has been your experience? That, yeah, you know, definitely, yeah. And also one thing is that they are not even aware of what they're doing wrong, probably. So as I said, you don't need, you maybe, you should have it, but you don't need it wrong um, in the first place. What is really, really a good approach is just from every trade that you take, take a screenshot entry and exit, file it away at, at, at the end of each week, every month, come back to it and just look through it and the more similar your trades look like, usually that's a very good indication of how consistent you are in your approach. But if you see that every little, uh, every single screenshot looks completely different, then you this should be a very, very big uh, red flag and warning signal that something is not going right. Because what this means is that your entry might be different, your stop-loss approach might be different, your take-profit might be different, and then you cannot make sense of the data that you get. Because you might say, you might say, okay, I'm losing money, but you can never find out why if everything is all over the place. So um, try to have more consistency. And then it comes down to sample size thinking. At least do this for 20, 30 trades. You don't need to do this for the next 10 years, uh, but at least follow it for the next two or three weeks, 20, 30 trades, and you will get already a much, much better idea of where your big problems are. And yeah, then you can build it around it. Um, we'll go back to something you guys discussed before. Actually, you touched on it, so I'll start with you. We'll talk about emotions for a minute. Um, you said you can use your emotions in a positive way. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, Just this is, a, I think it's important. And especially in today's world, we have lost uh, the ability to be self-conscious because what this means is that we need to be able to spend time with ourselves and especially with the, with the phone these days whenever wherever you are whenever there's just one free second you pull out your phone and you just do the same thing you open Facebook for the hundredth time every day and people get really really I've experienced it lately my, my headphones broke and I was just 
I couldn't do anything. I was just left with myself, and it was kind of weird <laughs> because you're not you're not used to it anymore. The boredom has been yeah boredom <laughs> has been completely eliminated. But this also means that we have completely lost the connection to ourselves. So when we are when traders are trading, they always say, "I want to trade without without emotions." But I don't think, first of all, I don't think it's necessary. It's also not probably possible because as humans, emotions are what drive us, and they can be important. And once you once you get to a point where you can actually recognize your emotions before they take over your whole self, and then you're in this um, react reactive mode where yeah. you just get into your charts, you lose a trade, and then everything is completely you go blank. That is where um, trading with emotions can actually be very very uh, productive. When you realize, okay, I'm feeling a little bit aroused, and then you need to ask yourself why is this happening, and then you see, okay. The trade setup is coming. It's almost there. It's not quite there. I lost my last two trades, so I want to get back. And that is really where you need to ask yourself: Okay, what is actually happening? What am I about to do? And why am I doing this? And you can then you can see: Okay, is it fear? Is it excitement? Do I want to get back? Uh, do I want to recover from my losses? And that's how you can use um, how you can use uh, emotion. consciousness, right? Being yeah. conscious of your thought process. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah. yeah. You need to like the. Before you can even do that, you need to be aware of yourself. Absolutely, you need to realize that what you are doing right now is not really yourself. Right. <laughs> you have to realize like that there's someone else controlling my mind right now. And obviously, meditation helps a lot with that. Like you just become self-aware. But another thing that really helped me was, um, for example, in Japan, the train the, the train conductors before they do something. They say it out loud and they point with the finger like, okay, now I'm gonna um, close the doors and now I'm gonna drive out of the station, stuff like that. And mm -hmm. that's how they uh, reduce the uh, mistakes by 80 or 90 percent or so. Oh, wow. Yeah, just by being very conscious about what you do. And that's what helped me a lot in trading was that I simply sat in front of my computer and I was talking out loud everything that I did and everything that I was thinking mm -hmm. and I was listening to myself. And that what's helped me a lot to become self-aware. You know, a process that I go through, I always ask myself, is it me or is it my brain that's pushing me right yeah. now? <laughs> you know, is it me or is it my brain? Yeah. You know, who's in control right now? Yeah. Whenever I feel something, right? And it's hard to tell sometimes. It's really hard to tell because you think it's you, but loss of control is sometimes because of DNA, right? Something way stronger than you, right? It's... There's okay. a, one thing. No, please, please. There's a, I read a book from Marcus, Magnus Carlsen, who is the number one chess player in the world. And he said when he, he looks at a board, he knows after a few seconds what he's going to do. But then he still takes 5, 10, 20, sometimes more minutes to just think about what he's about to do. And if his gut feel is actually, if it's driven by emotions or is this really the right decision. And for traders, one thing that can help, help a lot is just when you're about to do something, just at least step back for a few minutes, take the finger off the mouse, uh, mouse and think about it. If, is this really what you should be doing? And we all know that um, we know often what we should be doing, but we don't do it because we, we reason ourselves into something that is not as good for us. Yeah, yeah you, can, you can also imagine like uh, yourself or a person that is the perfect trader standing behind you and looking at you. And he is judging you, like, what the hell are you doing right now? Right. Okay, so that helps as well. Yeah. Huh. Awesome. There are some mind tricks. <laughs> hey, listen, everything helps. 
Okay, so we spoke about that. Uh, you know, we're here at the last question. So uh, the question is, what trading emotion costs traders the most? You know, what do you think costs traders? Where, where do they really lose control of things? You know, what is that one time that, you know, or is it the chain of events that leads them to that, you know? If I had to pinpoint one emotion, it would be greed. It always boils down to greed, in my opinion. That's what makes you do the really stupid stuff. <laughs> but it's, it comes often from expectations, I think. Yeah, sure. So expectation management, we touched upon it so many times, you can always bring it up. Yeah. I think that's a big one. Sure, expectation and, and and also ego, like, okay, I've lost two times on gold, so I'm gonna try to get it all back from gold, like it gets personal. So yeah, ego is a huge part, obviously. You say never get angry, right? That's yeah. why they get angry and they say they gotta make my money back. Yeah. Oh, anger in trading is not that they lose their mind and they throw off the computers, it's just, it's internal, it's yeah. just a click. Yeah. Yeah, it's just exactly. anger is a, it's a millisecond of a click, right? Yeah. I always say, what I find traders, you know, one of the biggest obstacles is really their imagination. You know, I think stop imagining prices. You know, if the crude is trading at sixty dollars, you know, and you went long, don't start imagining trading at sixty fifty or at <laughs> seventy or just you're making ten thousand in the trade because now this this you just really have to absorb out there. You know what the market is doing and what it's telling you from the minute you enter. Right, because when it didn't doesn't meet the expectations, that's when they start messing up. Right? Yeah. I said, well, it's gotta go back. It did it in the past. So, all right. So the last thing that we'll do, let's talk about Edgewonk. Can you share with us what's the, you know, next step for Edgewonk in terms of analytics? Because I know you guys making a lot of effort to listen to your customers. Right? They're asking you for features. Tell us where are we? Where are you guys bringing the product uh, next? If you can share. So yeah, we have never talked about this publicly, um, but there's coming out, um, Edgewonk has been a progression. We started with a Excel spreadsheet, yes. which then we have, we gave it to traders. They gave us feedback. We turned it into a real software you have on your <coughs> computer. And now the next step is going to be a web-based uh, Edgewonk. Edgewonk That's 3. Awesome. Yeah, it's still a few months down the road, but uh, it will be... The beta uh, is coming soon. Yeah, the beta is soon. <laughs> So that will be very interesting. And um, H1, it started from the idea of, okay, what do we want to have um, as traders? Or what did we have in our journal? Yeah. Actually. yeah. yeah. We met, a, I had a journal, I come, I have a very big finance background. So everything I do, I, I track anyway. And in my trading, I had the same approach. So everything I did was tracked in an Excel spreadsheet. I met Moritz and in trade and poker, everybody was tracking their, their activity as well. And then I take a look, um, I took a look at his thing, he took a look at my thing. We both are really, really big Excel nerds. So that's, uh, we talked about this for uh, weeks and weeks and weeks, then we combined our stuff. That's how Edgewonk so started. Yeah, and that's, then we got the feedback of hundreds and thousands of traders. And now you have, uh, what's Edgewonk, yeah. I think the best products in the world came because people really wanted first to improve their life. Yeah. You yeah. know what they think. They weren't thinking about selling, right? They thought about how do I improve it for myself? Yeah. And it turned out to be the most productive tool. So this is also something new to me. So you brought the numbers from poker. Yeah. You had it from finance. You combined it together. You both became yeah. traders. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, well, listen, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Definitely the world is going web. 
So I think business-wise is the right decision, you know, to do it. I think it's less and less and less downloadable, right? I just, I, I always tell, you know, everybody, I wish everything I did was web-based. I didn't have to download things. You know, I'm about to burn my computer every day from Outlook and Microsoft, you know. It's the worst product in the world. I don't know, they even publicly traded. I swear, the worst thing in the world. And you know what? I'm actually very proud of your generation, you know. Your generation, actually, the millennials brought such good products to the market. You know, when I started trading, when I, was, I was a broker already, licensed close to 20 years ago, right? So people used to get, you know, charts at home, literally. They would get charts at home. You know, market is moving and they're sitting here with the charts. You know, they call me, the market is already here and the chart is still here, right? And it's mail. But I can't say that the innovation of products was the same like today. We didn't have it. Most of the business belong to, uh, you know, if I can say old parts, you know, <laughs> and so, and now I'm just amazed at your generation that everybody's just so self-taught. People went online, studied Excel. I, we even have young customers who actually programmed like through an API, C Sharp, C++, Fix API on their own, started just on their own on the internet. So I'm really excited from your generation and what you guys bring. So thank you for your time. It's really been awesome. Thank you for having us. Uh, yeah, thank you for having us. You know, of course, uh, guys, check out edgewong.com. Please click the like button and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Best of luck. Take care. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Optimist Futures podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, all under the username Optimus Futures. If you have any questions, feel free to send us an email to support at OptimusFutures.com or give us a call directly at 561-367-8686 or toll free at 1-800-771-6748. Once again... Thank you for listening to the Optimist Futures Podcast. Please remember that this matter should be viewed as a solicitation to trade. Trading futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should therefore carefully consider whether such trading is suitable for you in light of your financial condition. Optimist Futures LLC is not affiliated with, nor does it endorse any trading system, methodologies, newsletter, or similar service. We urge you to conduct your own due diligence.